0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun, I'm Bob, and I'm reading today from the words of John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress. He lived from 1628 to 1688 and wrote a book, a little booklet actually, that I'm reading from. It's called Prayer, simply Prayer. It's available at the Chapel Library for free, by the way. You can contact them at chapel at mountzion.org, chapel At MountZion.org, tell them you'd like uh, a catalog and that you know that you want this book about prayer from Bunyan. And I tell you that there's just a whole lot of references, a lot of resources there that are free. You need to ask them about all of that. But for our purposes, we're going on to the next section of this booklet called "What It Is to Pray with the Understanding." He gave us a whole section on what it means to pray with the Spirit, and now, what about the understanding? He says, now to the next thing, what it is to pray with the Spirit, and to pray with the understanding also. For the Apostle puts a clear distinction between praying with the Spirit, and praying with the Spirit and understanding. And Therefore, when he saith he will pray with the Spirit, he adds, "...and I will pray with the understanding also." This distinction was occasioned uh, through the Corinthians not observing that it was their duty to do what they did to the edification of themselves and others too, whereas they did it for their own commendations. So I judge, for many of them having extraordinary gifts, so as to speak with diverse tongues and so on, therefore they were uh, more for those mighty gifts than they were for the edifying of their brethren. This was the cause that Paul wrote this chapter to them, to let them understand that though extraordinary gifts were excellent, yet to do what they did to the edification of the church was more excellent. For, saith the apostle, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding, and also the understanding of others, is unfruitful. Therefore, I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. It is expedient, then, that the understanding should be occupied in prayer, as well as the heart and the mouth. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. That which is done with understanding is done more effectually, sensibly, and heartily, as I shall show farther, than that which is done without it. This made the apostle pray for the Colossians, that God would fill them with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, Colossians 1.9. And for the Ephesians, that God would give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, Ephesians 1.17. And for the Philippians, that God would make them abound in knowledge and in all judgment, Philippians 1.9. A suitable understanding is good in everything a man undertakes, either civil or spiritual. And therefore, it must be desired by all them that would be a praying people. In my speaking to this, I shall show you what it is to pray with understanding. Understanding is to be taken both for speaking in our mother tongue and also experimentally. I pass the first and treat only on the second. For the making of right prayers it is to be required that there should be a good or spiritual understanding in all of them who pray to God. First, to pray with understanding is to pray as being instructed by the Spirit in the understanding of the want or the, the lack of those things which the soul is to pray for. Though a man be in never so much need of pardon of sin and deliverance from wrath to come, Yet if he understand not this, he will either not desire them at all or else be so cold and lukewarm in his desires after them that God will even loathe his frame of spirit in asking for them. Thus it was with the church of the Laodiceans. They lacked knowledge or spiritual understanding. They knew not that they were poor, wretched, blind, and naked. The cause whereof made them and all their services so loathsome to Christ that he threatens to spit them out of his mouth. Men without understanding may say the same words in prayer as others do, but if there be an understanding in the one and none in the other, there is, oh, there is a mighty difference in speaking the very same words. The one speaking from a spiritual understanding of those things that he in words desires, the other Uh, Words it only, and and there is all. That's everything. Second, spiritual understanding uh, sees, recognizes in the heart of God, a, a readiness and willingness to give those things to the soul that it stands in need of. David, by this, could guess at the very thoughts of God towards him. Psalm 45, and thus it was with the woman of Canaan. She did by faith and a right understanding discern, beyond all the rough carriage of Christ, tenderness and willingness in his heart to save, which caused her to be vehement and earnest, yea, restless, until she did enjoy the mercy she stood in need of. And there is nothing that will press the soul more to seek after God and to cry for pardon than understanding of the willingness that is in the heart of God to save sinners." If a man should see a pearl worth a hundred pounds lie in a ditch, yet if he understood not the value of it, he would lightly pass by it. But if he once did get the knowledge of it, he would venture up to the neck for it. So it is with souls concerning the things of God. If a man once get an understanding of the worth of them, then his heart, nay, the very strength of his soul, runs after them and he will never leave off crying until he have them. The two blind men in the gospel, because they did certainly know that Jesus, who was going by them, was both able and willing to heal such infirmities as they were afflicted with, therefore they cried out, and the more they were rebuked, the more they cried. Third, the understanding being spiritually enlightened, hereby there is the way, as aforesaid, discovered, through which the soul should come unto God, which gives great encouragement unto it. Otherwise, it is with a poor soul as with one who has a work to do, and if it be not done, the danger is great. If it be done, so is the advantage. But he knows not how to begin nor how to proceed, and so, through discouragement, lets everything alone and runs the hazard. Fourth, the enlightened understanding sees... Large list, largeness enough in the promises to encourage it to pray, which still adds to its strength to strength. As when men promise such and such things to all that will come <clears throat> excuse me, before them, it is great encouragement to those that know what promises are made to come and ask for them. Fifth, the understanding being enlightened Way is made for the soul to come to God with suitable arguments, sometimes in a way of expostulation, as Jacob, sometimes in way of supplication, yet not in a verbal way only, but even from the heart there is forced by the Spirit, and through the understanding, such effectual arguments as moveth the heart of God. When Ephraim gets a right understanding of his own unseemly carriages toward the Lord, then he begins to bemoan himself. And in bemoaning of himself, he used such arguments with the Lord that it affects his heart, draws out forgiveness, and makes Ephraim pleasant in his eyes through Jesus Christ our Lord. I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself, thus saith God. Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised. As a bullock, unaccustomed to the yoke, turn thou me, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Surely after that I was turned, I repented, and after that I was instructed, or had a right understanding of myself. I smote upon my thigh, I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach. Of my youth, Jeremiah thirty-one, eighteen and nineteen. Will these be Ephraim's complaints and and bemoanings of himself, at which the Lord breaks forth into these heart melting expressions, saying, "Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spake against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him." saith the Lord, Jeremiah 31.20. Thus you see that as it is required to pray with the Spirit, so it is to pray with the understanding also. And to illustrate what hath been spoken by a similitude, uh, set the case. There should come two, a begging to your door. The one is a poor, lame, wounded, almost starved creature. The other is a healthy, lusty person. Now, these two use the same words in their begging. The one, saith he, is almost starved, and so doth the other. But yet, the man that is indeed the poor, lame, or maimed person, he speaks with more sense, feeling, and understanding of the misery that is mentioned in their begging than the other can do. And it is discovered more by his affectionate speaking, his bemoaning himself. His pain and poverty make him speak more in a spirit of lamentation than the other, and he shall be pitied sooner than the other by all those that have the least dram of natural affection or pity. Just thus it is with God. There are some who out of custom and formality go and pray. There are others who go in the bitterness of their spirits. The one he prays out of bare notion and naked knowledge. The other hath his words forced from him by the anguish of his soul. <clears throat> Surely that is the man that God will look at, even to him that is poor, of a humble and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word, Isaiah six Sixth, an understanding well enlightened is of admirable use also, both as to the matter and manner of prayer. He that hath his understanding well exercised to discern between good and evil, and in it placed a sense either of the misery of man or the mercy of God, that soul hath no need of the writings of other men to teach him by forms of prayer. For as he that feels the pain needs not to be taught to cry, Oh, even so he that hath his understanding open by the Spirit needs not to be taught of other men's prayers as that he cannot pray without them. The present sense, feeling, and pressure that lieth upon his spirit provokes him to groan out his request unto the Lord. When David had the pains of hell catching hold on him and the sorrows of hell compassing him about, he needs not a bishop in a A long, loose-fitting white garment with wide sleeves worn by Christian ministers in those days to teach him to say, O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Or to look into a book to teach him in a form to pour out his heart before God. It is the nature of the heart of sick men in their pain and sickness to vent itself for ease by dolorous groans and complainings to them that stand by. Thus it was with David in Psalm 38. And thus, blessed be the Lord, it is with them that are endued with the grace of God. Seventh, it is necessary that there be an enlightened understanding to the end that the soul be kept in a continuation of the duty of prayer. The people of God are not ignorant how many wiles, tricks, and temptations the devil hath to make a poor soul who is truly willing to have the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and that upon Christ's terms too, I say, uh, to tempt that soul to be weary of seeking the face of God and to think that God is not willing to have mercy on such a one as, as him. I, saith Satan, thou mayest pray indeed, but thou shalt not prevail. Thou seest thine heart is hard, cold, dull, and dread. Thou dost not pray with the Spirit. Thou dost not pray in good earnest. Thy thoughts are running after other things when thou pretendest to pray to God. Away, hypocrite, go no further. It is but in vain to strive any longer. Here now, if the soul be not well informed in its understanding, it will presently cry out, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Whereas the soul, rightly informed and enlightened, saith, Well, I will seek the Lord, and I will wait. I will not leave off, though the Lord keep silence. And speak not one word of comfort. He loved Jacob dearly, and yet he made him wrestle before he had the blessing. Seeming delays in God are no tokens of his displeasure. He may hide his face from his dearest saints. He loves to keep his people praying, and to find them ever knocking at the gate of heaven. It may be, says the soul, the Lord tries me, or he loves to hear me groan out my condition before him. The woman of Canaan would not take seeming denials for real ones. She knew the Lord was gracious, and the Lord will avenge his people, though he bear long with them. The Lord hath waited longer upon me than I have waited upon him. And thus it was with David, I waited patiently, saith he. That is, it was long before the Lord answered me. Though at the last he inclined his ear to me and heard my cry, Psalm 40, verse 1. And the most excellent remedy for this is an understanding, well-informed, and enlightened heart. Alas, how many poor souls are there in the world that truly fear the Lord, who, because they are not well-informed in their understanding, are oft ready to give up all for lost upon almost every trick and temptation of Satan. The Lord pity them and help them to pray with the Spirit and with the understanding also. Much of my own experience could I here discover to you or mention. When I have been in my fits of agony of spirit, I have been strongly persuaded to leave off and to seek the Lord no longer. But being made to understand what great sinners the Lord hath had mercy upon and how large His promises were still to sinners, and that it was not the whole but the sick, not the righteous but the sinner, not the full but the empty, that he extended his grace and mercy unto. This made me, through the assistance of his Holy Spirit, to cleave to him, to hang upon him, and yet to cry, though for the present he made no answer. And the Lord help all his poor, tempted, and afflicted people to do the like, and to continue, though it be long, according to the saying of the prophet Habakkuk 2, three. and may he help them to that end to pray, and not by the inventions of men, and their stinted forms but with the spirit and with the understanding also now there's a section that follows and we will cover it entitled queries and objections answered then there'll be a section of application and so on it's uh, it's quite a an involved little booklet i'm sure you'll want to get a hold of it i must add for those who have interpreted this uh, 1 Corinthians 14 passage a little differently, where Paul was saying, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. It was in the context of speaking in tongues. We have to be uh, level on the level about that. He was saying, I will I will let the Spirit speak to me in these other languages, and I will speak in my own language also. That seems to be the common, common sense and traditional interpretation of that passage, and I, I just want to say that. However, The things that John Bunyan is bringing out here, though they may not be (laughs) apropos to that one little text of Scripture, they are apropos. Everything he has said about understanding is a truth that we need to get a hold of and can be found, as he found, in, in many other passages of Scripture. Just that little note of explanation. Well, thank you for being with me today, listening. Do look around our site. We have over... 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers. We have Bible studies on a number of subjects, a blog, and a store where you could purchase one of my books. If you desire more fellowship, please consider visiting our YouTube channel. It's known as lands, That's one word. Contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com. And I'll share details about our street ministry our Saturday evening Zoom meeting, our new little meeting of Zoom for men and women, and a couple of in-person churches we might meet up at if you're local or passing through. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and as you hear this, it is 4-26-2022, and Lord willing, we'll get to talk again real soon. Bye-bye.